Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. 1913 was a very bad year for individual freedom. 1913 was a very bad year for private property rights. 1913 was a very bad year for sovereignty of the states and their citizens. 1913 was a very bad year for our constitutional republic. 1913 was the year that the progressive elite shredded the principles of our constitution along with its guarantees of limited government, individual freedom, natural law rights, personal responsibility, and free market economy. In 1913, the 16th Amendment allowed the federal government to tax the income of all individual citizens, a tax on productivity that was specifically prohibited by the Constitution. No longer did the feds need to rely on the states for approval or disapproval of federal spending. In 1913, the 17th Amendment allowed for the direct election of senators by popular vote. Originally, senators were appointed by each state to represent the interests of their own state. They did not rely on money and votes uh, in order to do that, so the states had good representation in Congress, in the Senate. In 1913, the Federal Reserve Bank was founded, which allowed the government to borrow unlimited sums of money and eventually created a system of fiat currency no longer backed by hard assets. 1913 is the year our constitutional republic began its downward spiral toward democratic socialism. All this did not occur by accident, by vote of the citizenry, or by any legal, legislative, or governmental process. No. Men of evil intent driven by greed and a lust for power, set out with lies, treachery, and illegal acts to tear down our Constitution, that carefully crafted document that guaranteed to each individual citizen the natural law rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our Constitution was written by brilliant men who were well aware of the moral failures of mankind over many centuries. They were educated in the history, and they understood how some would inevitably subvert the well-intentioned processes of government to seek control over the lives and fortunes 
of their fellow citizens. With that knowledge, they included in our founding documents every conceivable roadblock to tyranny and every possible protection for individual sovereignty. They did their job so very well that the enemies of our republic had to resort to every possible underhanded ruse and artifice to dismantle those safeguards. These arrogant elitists have only succeeded because you and I have been asleep and complacent. It is therefore the duty of patriots like my guest Keith Broders and myself to awaken the sleeping giant majority to regain our constitutional republic and with that, our individual freedom. Keith Broders is the founder of the patriotic website, The Constitution Club. Keith, welcome to Freedom Forum Radio. Well, Dr. Dan, I just really appreciate the words you just spoke. That was really excellent, and I'm really anxious and uh, look forward to the opportunity to share some of my thoughts and ideas with everyone uh, who is listening. Well, it is a pleasure to have you here, and, and as at the outset, I'm just going to reiterate what the website is. It is http slash slash forward, that's forward slash forward slash colon, constitutionclub.ning.com. So remember that website. We'll repeat that frequently during the program. So Keith Broders, you've put up a really kind of an incredible, comprehensive website that really the basis of which is our constitutional liberties, the Constitution, what it means, what it says, uh, and what we have to do to protect it. Tell me a little bit about your history as a person. Where did you come from? What have you been up to? And how did you come to put together this most interesting and challenging website? Well, I was born in California in 1946 in Southern California. And uh, my parents were both school teachers. And so, as uh, oftentimes happens, I grew up and became a school teacher. I was really interested in coaching. I was a football coach, a wrestling coach, and I taught grades K through 12, a little bit of all of them, and taught many different subjects. And uh, I kept having problems in education because I had a very creative mind and I wanted to do things my way. And I was always being constrained by the principals and whatnot to deliver curriculum. Uh, I wasn't really encouraged to uh, get the kids to think. I was encouraged to basically distribute curriculum. In the year around 2008 or thereabouts, when Barack Obama was running for the presidency, I became particularly interested in in refreshing my uh, understanding of the U.S. Constitution. Basically, started uh, doing a lot of research on my own. I stopped listening to what people were telling me and started doing personal investigation. I, you know, in the past, I basically believed the so-called experts. Now I realize that the so-called experts basically are not working for we the people, but they're working for a, a cabal of uh, international bankers and Wall Street corporations to uh, dumb us down. In 2012, I actually started this website, again, the Constitution Club website. It was because I wanted to try to help awaken as many people as possible as to the principles of individual liberty and personal responsibility. I wanted to try to encourage, I didn't want to have the website essentially um, try to tell people what to think, but I simply wanted to provide them with information because I believe that we were all, un- we were all endowed by our Creator with the ability to reason and to think and to to draw our own conclusions if we're given the correct facts. 
And that's what I felt was missing, that so many people did not know the, the real facts. And so that was where it started. And this was right about the time when gun control was a real big issue. And the website grew extremely fast in the early days. We were getting up to 100 new members on the Constitution Club on a on a daily basis. And we, we've grown the website now to the point where there's around 4,500 members all across the country. And the people basically are able to go to the website and uh, read articles that I've written and articles written by others to uh, basically uh, become educated. Uh, I personally believe that the best education is when people educate themselves and draw their own conclusions based on fact. So you have... Uh through your ba- your background of teaching, which gave you that inquisitive nature, uh, the desire to read and the desire to learn yourself, because most teachers who are really diligent understand that they have to educate themselves first in order to educate others. And you obviously went about doing that. You ran into some difficulties in school, and that's when it sort of it started for you that this is not right. I need to understand what the law is, what the Constitution is, so that I can help others learn the same thing. Well, the, the other thing that, that, that I learned was the fact that uh, Horace Mann is being credited as being the founder of modern public education in the United States. And one of the things that I came to realize was is that one of the planks, the tenth plank of the Communist Manifesto, was the idea that there should be free and public, free public education for all children. And I also learned that Stalin basically uh, came up with the idea that if you could, if you gave him the access to the children at an early age, that he would be able to indoctrinate them in such a fashion that they would be willing to accept slavery. And uh, I learned that uh, our public schools in the United States basically were formed as a replication of the schools that were being uh, conducted in uh, Prussia. Prussia had an educational system that was based upon the fact they wanted the children to go to school to become obedient servants to the state. They wanted this, the they wanted the students to un, unquestionably believe that their rulers were infallible and that uh, that Prussia was was always right no matter what, and that the, that the people, that the students would become they would be willing to frankly die for their country. They they really stressed this idea of nationalism. The idea that uh, the fatherland was so important, and so when Horace Mann uh, saw this model, he thought, "Wow, we could we could we could use this same model here in the United States to be able to basically not necessarily to educate the people, but to control future generations to think the things that we want them to think." Today, uh, we don't teach the children how to think; we teach them what they're supposed to think. Well. I'm talking with Keith Broders, founder of the Constitution Club. And again, I'm giving you the website, http forward slash forward slash colon constitution club dot ning dot. Keith, you mentioned a very, uh, very important point, and that is uh, control of education, access to the kids. Uh, And this is something that modern age dictators of all stripes have understood that if you raise a generation of compliant, obedient children, it ensures your ability to remain in control of the country for generations to come. So if you steal 
one or two generations. It takes many, many years before a contrary thought uh, can intervene and make people think for themselves. Uh, and that's obviously what the Soviet Union did. Hitler did it. Uh, the Saudi Arabians and all the Arabs are doing that. So once again, you have obedient children whose minds have been brainwashed, indoctrinated with a set of facts that are not necessarily the truth. They're actually more facts that the dictator needs in order to maintain his power base. Well, one of the things that we've done in this country, uh, told the kids about the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, and we've, t you know, there's a lot of other myths out there too that basically that are taught to the children at an early age, and in many, in many cases, kids eventually discover that they've been lied to. They discover that Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny are fictions, and they also discover that uh, a lot of the things that they've been taught in history are not necessarily true. A lot of people think that the Constitution was written to create a new nation. That's absolutely incorrect. The, the, the purpose of the Constitution was to create a federal government that would divide the powers between the states and the, and the officials of the central government so that basically the rights of the people would be forever secure. It was, it was understood from the very beginning that the national government... See, there's the, one of the problems is, is that we, we refer to the federal government today but the federal government hasn't existed since 1913. The federal government has been replaced. It is, it is now a, more of a corporate democracy than it, is, than it is a federal government. In a federal government, the power is shared between the states. Again, the, the states have power. They created the Constitution. They delegated to, to Congress a set of powers, they were called the enumerated powers or delegated powers, and the federal government was prohibited from doing anything that was not specifically delegated to them. But from the very beginning, there, were, there, were, there was opposition. There always is opposition in all things. The, the, the people who called themselves the Federalists, the primary leader of that group was a guy by the name of Alexander Hamilton. Uh, George Washington was basically follow, followed Alexander Hamilton, as did John Adams. They were the Federalists, but the Federalists really were not Federalists. They were the Nationalists. They were the ones who wanted a strong central government that would have the power to become an empire similar to that of Great Britain. The the the, the, oppo the opponents to them were called the Anti-Federalists, and actually they were the Federalists. They were the ones who wanted a federal government. But as as basically what happened, the the term was uh, stolen from the anti-federalists. So a federal government is a good thing, because in a federal government, the rights of the individual are protected against the tyranny of the majority. The, one of the purposes of the federal government was to have the representation of the states in the Congress of the United States, and the representatives of the, the, representatives of the people in the state legislatures would choose their senators, and this would give the states the ability to prevent the abuse of power by the House of Representatives. This was one of the very important checks and balances that was provided in the Constitution. And checks and balances, the separation of powers, were, were fundamentals to a, to a re Republican form of government uh, utilizing something they invented called federalism. You raise a really absolutely important and critical point. And that is the federal government was the creation of the Constitution. Uh, 
Many people don't understand that concept, but the, the Constitution is a contract. It was a contract among 13 states. They recognize that while they each were an individual sovereign entity, there were certain functions that could best be accomplished by a, an over, uh, some kind of a government that was bigger than just the 13 of them. For instance, they'd had to protect their territory, and each state couldn't do as good a job as a federal government, which would maintain an army, protect the, the, uh, the borders of the country, and things like that. Uh, in terms of negotiations, uh, trade deals and treaties uh, of that nature, obviously treaties that, that benefited them all was best negotiated by a central authority of some kind. But they understood that they were still sovereign entities and they did not want a federal government or a central government, as they referred to it, that had more power than they did. And that's why, if you think about the Constitution in terms of it being a contract among 13 sovereign entities, then you really understand what the true Federalists of that era wanted. Uh, They'd said, okay, central government, these are the 18 things that you can do for the benefit of us all. Everything else, we're going to take care of ourselves in our own states because our citizens may want something different than that state over there or that state over there. Connecticut may want something that Virginia doesn't want, et cetera, et cetera. And so they understood that each of those states had to have that sovereignty for itself, and they limited the functions of the federal government. And how you know that's true is that if you look at the Constitution, there are 13 signature blocks. Each state, representatives of each state, signed the Constitution. There are 13 signature blocks. There is no signature block for the federal government. In other words, it was very clear the federal government was a creation of the Constitution, not a party to it. Well, the, the, the fact of the matter is, if you go back to the Treaty of Paris in 1783, it wasn't a treaty between Great Britain and the United States, because the United States did not exist, because the, the British government looked at the United States as a collection of 13 independent sovereign nations, and so they basically, this document was, again, it was between uh, separate company, countries. And so the United States, to be honest with you, this is something that most people will probably not realize, but we are not a country. We are not a nation. We are a union of sovereign, independent states. And uh, this is extremely important uh, to, to realize that each state... Guaranteed in the Tenth Amendment, it basically says that any power and or authority that is not specifically granted to the central government is reserved to the states and to the people respectively, and that establishes sovereignty. The, the, the government of the United States is, is limited uh, by the uh, Tenth Amendment. It, 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 it's, it basically establishes the supremacy of the states. The states are the employer and the federal government is the employee. But we really don't have a federal government anymore. The federal government was dismantled. The the primary dismantling of it took place during the so-called Civil War, 
when the southern states exercised their their constitutional right to secede, and uh, Lincoln decided that rather than allowing them to leave, he would invade the South. The fact of the matter is that the South only represented about 30% of the total population of the, of the land at that time, and yet the southern states were paying about 80% of all of the taxes collected by the federal government. The, the southern states believed that they were being taxed unfairly. They believed that this was more of a war for southern independence than it was a civil war. The southern states did not want to conquer the north. They just simply wanted to defend themselves, and they wanted to defend the rights that were guaranteed to them in the Constitution. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Yeah, everything gonna be all right this morning.